Do you want your business to grow faster? Are you open to new and out-of-the-box ways to drive revenues and increase value? How do you imagine the most successful entrepreneurs and business leaders double, triple, or expand their businesses tenfold or more? The answer is deals. This is a weekly podcast featuring conversations with business owners, executives, and leaders as we reveal behind-the-scenes details that give you, our listeners, the confidence to pursue your own deal-driven growth. On the show, we discuss a huge variety of deals, everything from large complex mergers and acquisitions, smaller deals that you can do even without significant capital. My name is Corey Kupfer, and I've been supporting deal-driven growth for businesses for 35 years as a successful entrepreneur, professional negotiator, and attorney. My goal is to help you strategize, plan for, find, and complete deals that will help your company grow faster. Welcome to the Deal Quest Podcast. Let's get started. DealQuest listeners and viewers, I am so excited to have Precious Williams as a returning guest on the DealQuest podcast. Uh, last time Precious was here was almost a year ago, about 11 months ago. And um, at that time, we were audio only. Now we I remember. And we're actually doing this one live. And so much has happened for Precious uh, in the last uh, 11 months. So um, let me just introduce her for those of you who don't know who she is, and you should. Um, <laughs> Precious Williams is a returning DealQuest guest. In fact, she was on episode 79. So go back and check out episode 79. This is going to be 120 something, maybe 130, somewhere around there. Um, so uh, like I said, we're, we're, we're almost a year uh, since then. Um, she's a 13-time elevator pitch champion. She has successfully appeared on Shark Tank and taken her company from $0 to multiple six figures in less than two years. She has since watched her clients gain national and international media attention, secure corporate training contracts, and launch their next beautiful now. In addition to helping women entrepreneurs and business leaders master their pitch and own their value, love that part, she also conducts corporate trainings. Precious is a world-class speaker, for global brands, including Google, LinkedIn, Microsoft, George Washington University, and more. Uh, never want to forget her roots. She gives back by working with organizations like Bottomless Closet, The Bowery's Women's Mission, and Dress for Success. A three-time number one best-selling author. Her newest release is Pitching for Profit, The Bad Pitches Playbook to Convert Conversations into Currency. There it is. That book's come out since our last uh, discussion. Um, when she was on the podcast last. So that's that's mm -hmm. her newest. Precious, welcome back to the Deal Quest podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for having me. You know what? Last Thursday, my billboard went up in Times Square with this book. And I, you know, you had to sit there and cry. Like, oh my goodness, my third book is up on billboard in Times Square. There's so much that has happened since the last time you and I have connected. Yeah, and I can't wait to talk about all of it. So, folks, listen, um, on that prior episode, just I, I want you to, because we're not going to be talking about the same things we talked about last time. You should go back and listen to the last time, because on the last episode, episode 79, um, we talked about her shock tech experience. We talked about um, how we mainly focused on pitching and how she mm -hmm. trains people to pitch and how to be successful at pitching. And um, we're not going to be focusing on that now. So um, you want to go back and listen to that episode as well. Here, I really want to get an update because Precious has had so much going on. Things have really been blowing up for her. And, you know, everything that she does, you know, has some sort of deal attached to it. So why don't we talk about the book first, Precious? Um, 
you know, uh, I mean, listen, doing a book is a deal, right? So um, talk to us about how you did this book versus the other books. So maybe they're all the same. I mean, uh, are we self-publishing? Are we publishing? Are we with a major publisher? Uh, Tell us how that book came about. So I'm still with the same publisher I did for my first two books. The thing that made this different is, you know, I am a pitch master. I'm a 13-time national champion. But what makes this book so different, why it's called Pitching for Profit and not just another Bad Bitches playbook, I mean, Bad Bitches Empower Pitches, is because I wanted to share with people, because people often wonder, how in the world did you go from no one knowing you to in less than three years, you know, walking the halls of the LinkedIn's, the Google's, the Microsoft's, the Intuit, QuickBooks, the Federal Reserve Bank, and, like, you're not this corporate person, you don't show up in suits, you don't do anything like that. How are you able to get into these type of companies and corporations? Why are television networks, why are media clamoring for you without you having to put out PR and anything? What is something that you're doing? And so I wanted to write pitching for profit because a lot of times, you know, we're pitching, we get the revenue, we happy or whatever. But what would it, what would it mean for you if you could build and rebuild your network to make it more lucrative for you? What would you do if someone could pitch you in the spaces you didn't even know existed? Mm-hmm. What would it mean to have affiliates and referrals? Who, they're coming to you. They're like, listen, I, I want whatever you do and I want to be a part of it. And so, you know, when I started pitching way back in the day, 10 years ago, I was doing it, you know, to raise money, um, possibly gain relationships. But now I want to teach women, especially how to be like NBA young boy, never broke again. You got one relationship, one call, but that's a guy named Lana. I think he's an attorney. One call, that's all. Like if I ever get into a bind, who, who I call? I can tell Corey, I, I've been having a lot of dental surgery. When I have dental surgery, do you know who reaches out to me? Not just my clients, not even just prospects, but companies. Uh, what can we send to you to help you feel better? I'll come home and there's food in my refrigerator. Oh, you know, hey, we want to help you get better. Um, let us know if you need anything. That has never happened. What would it be like for people who are watching if their customers and their clients sent you things just to let them know that they're thinking about you and how you've had such an impact on your life, on their lives? I have clients that send, I have, <laughs> I just had a, 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 an event last, uh, on May 22nd in Brooklyn. It was live and virtual. It was called True Tea Time with Precious. I got to introduce my new merchandise line, Pitch Please, Bad Bitches to Power Pitches. Wow. And I got to, you know, have a book signing. But what was most important is I and we're going to talk about this later. I'm having a new uh, pitch event, a a conference in September called Pitch, Please, the Ultimate Women's Power Pitch Summit. And so with all of this going on at my event, first of all, I was stunned that people came as far as California, Louisiana, Texas, Pennsylvania, Michigan, in addition to the tri-state area. So when, I, when my friend and I decided to have this event, and yes, she kicked my butt to have it because if you want to know, I would have done it virtually. She was like, you're a leader. Show, show up and show out and let them know what you're capable of. We went from 15 tickets sold two weeks, to, two, weeks be, two weeks before the event to ultimately selling 71 tickets. It was 66 people showing up. Wow. So uh, again, these aren't these weren't two dollar tickets. It was like forty five, fifty, and seventy five dollar tickets, and then they got to experience different sides of me that you can't see on social media or that you don't see when I'm training. And so, with pitching for profit, they literally got to meet people they had never even knew were in my network. Now, imagine, imagine that, right? So, I didn't get here by myself, Corey. 
Like when you talk about, you know, deal quest, like it takes two or more parties. It takes a relationship. It takes trust and all of that. How do people learn to trust me when I came out of a very dark situation to getting me in the spaces that I can't take pictures of and just, go up and, ex- and just go in? And so pitching for profit, I want people to have a playbook. When this happens, what do you do? I'm like your coach. You come into the huddle. This is what's happening. This is the, run the play. I love it. I love it. I love it. This book truly is your playbook. So if you've never played sports, you know how when football players are getting a huddle, you know when basketball players get in a huddle with their coach. When you're going through something, here's your step-by-step approach. So imagine me and you in a huddle. This happens. What are you going to do? Like most people don't know how to get people into their network the right way. They don't know how to attract VIPs. They don't they don't understand how to attract companies, corporations, and nonprofits to them. They think, oh, I got to pay somebody. Sometimes it could be in how you create your content. It could be what how you slide into, into their DMs. You know, we talk about when people are dating, she slid into my DM. No, how do you slide into somebody's DM and get them to respond? And not just say, buy my stuff, I want to be on. No, make yourself attractive. Make yourself attractive. All right, All right. so so I, I know it is. this is such a hard thing to do, but I'm going to slow you down. Slow me down. Break some stuff down for some folks, right? Because in everything you said, we've got a book deal, right? Your third, okay? My third. Name publisher, all right? We've got a conversation of, you know, I had Ramon Ray on for the second time also. Ramon's the bomb, right? And, you know, Ramon likes to call himself a baby influencer and he's very modest and, you know, and whatever. Um, But, you know, you are playing in some of that same kind of space, right? right? Mm You like developing a reputation, having your circle be valuable to other companies, right? Building relationships. You know, he talked about being an entrepreneur in residence with Oracle NetSuite, which is something that he created, you know, to provide value for that company. You're doing some of that stuff, right? You're Mm -hmm. speaking, et cetera. All right. So I want to, I want to, Break it down step by step. All right. So books. Let's talk about books. Okay. Right? Um, most people uh, don't fully understand all the options in terms of book deals. People think, oh, you get a big advance from publishers. Most people don't. Right. Nope. Most people don't go with major companies. You need to have. I mean, you do an amazing job promoting your books. You need to have a marketing strategy. You need to have a business plan behind a book. Um, so talk to us. So this is you have a publisher. Right. Uh, who's mm-hmm. the publisher on your book? The publisher is Penn Legacy. So notice I didn't say Penguin. Notice I didn't say Brandon House. Notice I didn't say any of those, right? Because I had meetings with, you know, those top publishers. And it was something that I noticed. You ever listen to when they talk about young musical artists and how they'll sign these deals and they'll wind up later like, oh, my goodness, I signed the wrong deal. It sounded good in the beginning. So with Pen Legacy and the publisher, her name is Sharon Monet. She uh, is a playwright. She's written 21 best-selling books, whatever. I've known her since she worked at CNN. And so one day, I, I may have said this to you before, she was like, where that book yet? This is 2019. I was like this. And so she was like, you need to write the book. And it became Bad Bitches and Power Pitches. Um, she took care of, she, she and her team took care of the editing, the type, the, the typesetting, making sure everything was right. And everything, make sure it was distributed, not just on Amazon, but Target.com, Barnes, books, books a million, Barnes, like anywhere books are sold, my books were out there. And I was shocked because you, you think a small publishing house, what do you expect? You don't expect much, right? You're just like, well, I, you know, if two people buy them, great. But I didn't they, expect but they got you distribution, which is key. Right. But I didn't know it would debut at number one. I didn't even realize that when Forbes magazine came to talk to me about my book, again, it's supposed to be a small publishing house, right? Why is Forbes calling me? Why? 
you know, and having and and having them write uh, an article on me. No, I didn't pay for it. Nope, nope, nope. And if they had told me it was trash, I'd have still been happy because Forbes said it was trash. <laughs> so when they reviewed it, that really led to a lot. And the great thing about, um, I don't say for all small publishers, but for Pen Legacy especially, is everything is mine. I'm not splitting and cutting with with them at all. It is all mine. So when people buy from my website or they buy from me, that all comes back to me, right? It's not split up among the marketing department. All It's me. Now, when it, when it comes to Amazon and all of that, you already know Amazon going to get their cut, Target going to get their cut. But when it comes to me, every book sold on my website or through me or when people come to book signings, that's all mine. And that's what I appreciate. And, and you don't really know how good that is until you hear the, the horror stories from other people. Yes, you heard the great, the Stephen Kings and all these other people. Most people don't have that. Most people are lucky if they would, would sell 500 books in like a lifetime. That's right. My books are still selling two years later. Love it. You know, when the government buys your books, when these big companies buy your books, and that's another thing that I never thought about before, Corey, if we can keep it above. I'm a speaker. I'm an international professional speaker. As part of, you know, compensation for me, in addition to my speaking rates, I often try to put in, get buying my books in yep. bulk for people who are, are coming or they can buy books to, you know, give out randomly, but that's part of it. And so that contributes towards your overall book sales in total, right? No one thinks about that. And so I always try to add that in as part of my speaking fee that they have to purchase books. So yeah. even though New York Times can't see that, it's still counted. And, and think about that. There are people who are really New York Times bestsellers and New York Times bestsellers don't even know about because they're selling it out of the trunks of their car. They're doing this and that. And that's why I said, you know, just because other people are doing it their way doesn't mean you can't find another way to do it and still be just as prosperous. Like I'm the killer pitch master, Corey. I remember when I started, they were like, you're too fat, you're too black, no Ivy League degree. Well, Corey, did you know I spoke at Harvard a month and a week ago? I trained a, I trained a class. Love it. Yes. Love it. Love it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. So great. So uh, Listen, folks, if, if you are interested in doing a book, listen, I did a book as well. I did it with a hybrid business publisher. I actually wrote them a check because they had a turnkey system. And yep. I knew that I was too damn busy to get a book done without help. Um, and uh, and I own the rights to it, right? I get I get paid, you know, whatever. And I knew yep. that my model was not, I wasn't going to get rich off of selling books, but I was going to leverage that book into significant business opportunities, which I have done. Yes, and, you know, which, which Precious has done as well. So there are different business models around the book game and the book deal. My wife, Ra, did a major book uh, publisher deal. She was able to get a major deal with a significant advance, which is you know very rare. Even people who get major deals don't get significant advances anymore. She was able to do that. That was the right move for her, right. for her book, The Calling. So depends upon different deals in the book industry, right? So we'll start there. Okay, now let's talk about um, what you have leveraged in the last in the last year, and you started talking about some of it. I mean, some of these corporate relationships, right? That's a big, you know, it's one of the reasons why Ramon Ray's name came, came to mind because what Ramon has been able to do, uh, you know, over his career is really leverage these relationships with big brands, right? You know, right. as a quote unquote baby influencer is what, you know, and, and the reason why it's important, I always kid him because he's, you know, he's, 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 he's too humble sometimes. But, um, but, but the reason why that is important is, and his point in saying it is that, yeah, he doesn't have millions and millions of, you know, he's not Kim Kardashian. He's not, you know, whoever, right? Um, he's not Beyonce. 
you know, so his point is you don't need to be that, right, to have right. influence the brands because he has a particular audience that they want to get to. Um, so talk to me about your experience in terms of attracting and doing deals with, with big brands. Well, I have to I have to agree with Ramon. I'm a baby influencer, although I do have influencer contracts. How about that? And I'm 42. Yes, the doll is 42. <laughs> so one of the ways I was I was able to do this. So I've been a killer pitch master since 2013. I started my company, Perfect Pitches by Precious, in 2013. But it was after I went through that dark time and came out in late 2018, and I realized that some of the you know I did Shark Tank and all of them. There were some relationships I could never repair because of the dark situation and dark circumstances that I was under. So I had to get creative. And so, as I may have told you before, my first speaking engagement was at Bottomless Closet, who then introduced me to Viacom. I was training in Viacom. This is, four, this is less than four months after I left the Bowery Mission Women's Center. Do you know what it's like to walk into a place that I pitched years ago? I pitched shows years ago there, and here I am walking in as a trainer. And then from there, here I am because of my bottomless closet experience and being able to go above and beyond what a subject matter expert can do. It can make it fun. It can make it engaging, but make sure that they learn something. There's measurable results to what it is that I do. I do more than pitching. I'm a communication skills expert, visibility, um, intergenerational communication, internal, external communication, boundaries and stuff like that. It became it when other companies saw Viacom, what do you think they started doing? Huh? Jigga who? Jigga what? And then that led to In Style Magazine, Saturday Night Live. Like, there are things I'm, I'm still stunned by because it doesn't make sense in the natural road. Joe's you knows it's in the natural, it makes no sense. And I started teaching and training and all these places. And I'm like, they have no idea. They have no idea where I just came from. But it didn't matter to them because I showed up as I was supposed to. So yes. the more I was speaking, the more those logos showed up on places. People were like, I've never heard of her. So to go back to what Ramon talks about being a baby influencer, if the right people know you, it doesn't matter if the world doesn't know you. Mm -hmm. I don't need the whole world to know I'm the killer pitch master. But let me tell you what it has afforded me. Last year, I was a keynote speaker at International Women's Day in Halifax, Nova Scotia. I'm American in Canada on their International Women's Day, and they bring me in. Not only that, when the pandemic started, you you know how everybody was like, man, they're not going to pay coaches, consultants, or whatever. And so I was just like, well, I'm, I don't really consider myself a coach. I consider myself a, a trainer and a teacher. Yes. And so while people were talking about, oh, they're never going to pay, da, da, I got indignant. I, listen, I went through homelessness and severe alcohol addiction years ago. I went through the darkest times by myself. I understand that the world is going through things, but I'm about to go. I'm about to go ham and cheese, peanut butter and jelly on people. <laughs> because I had such a reputation with some of these great companies, I started to utilize those same contacts. I asked them to do testimonials on LinkedIn for me. I asked them to put a good word out for me. You know, I asked them for warm introductions to other companies. And because I did that, and because I had a solid foundation of testimonies, and people were willing to vouch for me, then it became an easier sell. I remember I spoke at LinkedIn last year for the Transform Her Conference. I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, I'm speaking at the, oh, I'm going to the VIP lunch. And you know, I'm just like, ooh, I'm thinking I'm all of that. I had no idea by the time that conference was over, I was rated the number one speaker. Now, mind you, who all spoke at, at LinkedIn? I was the number one. And I wasn't talking about LinkedIn. I was talking about, you know, pitch, whatever. They called me back this year and they were like, Precious, we want you to speak at the conference. Yeah. And they're like, we want you to speak for four minutes. 
But you know, it's LinkedIn. So when I tell you, I spoke right after the opening speaker, right? She spoke for like five minutes. In four minutes and 17 seconds, I promise you, my link. So you have, you know how you're doing your training here, but you can see your LinkedIn stuff start populating. Yep. So many departments in LinkedIn and then other companies around the nation started contacting me. What are your rates? We'd love to have you come in. I spoke for four minutes and 17 seconds. All right. So listen, I want to break this down further. So what many speakers do is, and and listen, frankly, a lot of them found out that this was a vulnerable business model during the pandemic, right? They The only they thing they do is get paid to be on stage. Right. right? And mm-hmm. you certainly get, you know, you're an in-demand speaker. It's one of the ways you make money. That's great. Okay. But what you're also pointing to is that you are leveraging that into other training opportunities, right? Yeah. Other, right. And then, so I want you to talk about that a little bit. I want you to talk about sort of the influencer contract piece a little bit as well. Um, because I've been saying way before the pandemic, listen, I come out of business, right? I started right. speaking as an adjunct to my law firm before I split it off into a separate business. Right. For me, business models are everything for me. Sustainable business is everything for me. I don't want to be dependent upon, and I'm not criticizing anybody else. There are people who keynote speakers. It's all they do. They make a huge amount of money. It's great. As long as they understand there's a business vulnerability when we can't be on a live stage, right? Exactly. And so you have found multiple streams of income, though, different business. You know, so I want to talk a little bit about that because I'm a big advocate for trying to, if you are a speaker, leveraging it into other opportunities. So talk about well, some of those other things you do and you leverage it into and also the, the influencer side of it. Okay, so remind me about the influencer in case I get yeah. caught up in it. Okay, so here's what I decided to do. So when people said people weren't going to, uh, we weren't going to have any more stage events. And, you know, those companies had already paid me. <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. So I went back to them and I said, can we do it virtually? Right. I'm thinking they're going to say no, but they already love my energy. And, you know, I turned what would have been their physical into virtual and I did longer trainings. Yep. So I never had to return that money. And then I turned that into if you like what I did here, here's some of the other things I can offer. And then I became a corporate trainer for some people. Now, for some people who had never heard of me, I at least had my YouTube where it had me talking like I have a LinkedIn live show. You know, I don't know if you knew that I have a LinkedIn live show called Keeping It Real with the Killer Pitchmaster that airs every Sunday on LinkedIn Live. Right. Awesome. Can we talk about I never applied. They came to me. You know, yeah. because the algorithm showed them like people are really engaged with this particular woman. So with the Keeping It Real with the Killer Pitchmaster live show, other uh, executives from other companies will watch me. Be like, oh, my God, I, I, she's funny. She's engaging. But also, man, I learned something I never thought I would learn. Not even just about pitching, but about communication, about how do you have crucial conversations, uncomfortable conversations? Can we bring her in? And because and they never come with, oh, well, you know, we don't have they're like, OK, what are your rates? I like that question more than what we don't even got to have that conversation. Second, um, one of the things is bringing in the books is also like, hey, if you're going to book me, make sure you get the book so that people know what I'm talking about in certain things and we can expand upon it. Third, I created a new merchandise line um, uh, on Shopify. So I have cups, mugs, I have bags, I have pillows, and people love it, right? Love it. And that's why it was such a big hit on May 22nd, because people had never seen merch like mine before, right? For my cup, pitch pleasers, a golden microphone, uh, talking out of it, and it's beautiful, right? So being able to, I'm building a tribe around me. So even if you think, oh, you know, she's not necessarily corporate, 
I'm a former attorney, so I know how to walk into spaces and do what I need to do, but you still need to have fun. And I think subject matter experts, even though they sound good on paper, when you have them there, people are watching paint dry or they're playing with their phone. With me, they don't do that. They're just like, oh my goodness, this is so different. Also, I decided that even though I like to speak to women focused and women based um, summits, conferences, and stuff like that, I can also show that I can do this no matter where you put me. You want to put me with um, teenagers, I can do that. If you want to put me in a mixed environment, I love to teach at the I love to teach at management level and higher, but I can go lower too. I can go lower in the employment, you know, hierarchy. And being able to do that and show that if I if you if you love what I did here, here's some other things I have in mind for you. And so because they loved it, it was an easier sell. You see what I'm saying? So the merchandise, the books. In addition, I'm with my um, my pitch uh, event, pitch please that's coming up, you know, bringing in investors and, corp and corporations and sponsors. That's an easier sell because they've already worked with me. And now they know the caliber of women that I'm bringing in. And when it comes to influencers. So last year. <clears throat> So when I spoke at Viacom in 2000, was it 2019? It was Smart and Sexy Day, which is a lingerie that where they bring in all these women, give them beautiful lingerie and stuff like that. The next year, last year, um, they booked me for an influencer contract with Smart and Sexy. So, you know, I had to post about it. You know, I was rocking my cuteness. You know, I used to have a lingerie company called Curvy Girls. I thought, isn't this the greatest thing? And so then it came again. But how does that happen? Because I demonstrated that as a CEO of Curvy Girls Lingerie, I broke through to show that full figure divas and plus size fashionistas like beautiful lingerie. And here I am, you know, being introduced to InStyle magazine, J. Jill, um, Hearst publication. Like these are places I never saw myself black on both sides, black on both sides, nothing ambiguous about me. I never thought that when I walked in that I would walk the red carpet as if this is where I've always been. And so getting that influencer contract, meaning, you know, they're creating copy and everything. And here I am putting it out. And I believe in it, too. It's not like I'm just talking out the side of my neck. But getting that sort of thing, I only thought was for young people or I thought you were a celebrity. But here I am. I'm a media personality, but I'm really a businesswoman who showed how to make it without looking the part that everybody thinks you should. Last time I checked, Corey, I don't have six pack abs. My butt is, you know, but I do. I do come in with swag and energy. And because I'm a student and a president at the same time of pitching, you know what I mean? So I've created a lane and a lot of these influence, a lot of these influencer type companies that like influencers, they, they, they're not just interested in the young TikTokers. They're also interested in those who created a lane that the right people know about and would and see me as an authority figure and as someone who has credibility. Yeah, I love that. And that, that's such a great point, because, listen, in popular culture, the whole influencer culture, you know, that's a different thing. And it's, you know, it's criticized. Sometimes it's looked down upon or it's envied, you know, by, you know, team, you know, teens or whatever. We're talking about a whole different lane here. And there's so many people, you know, like like Precious, like Ramon. Listen, I've done it to some extent. You know, it's a little, a little different for me. But, you know, uh, I mean, I've been talking. Listen, there was a time only five, six years ago where. You know, I had a personal Facebook page that I spoke to my friends on a little bit and I had LinkedIn with a bunch of contacts I had no idea what to do with. And that was about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I published my book and started to do the podcast, whatever. And also just because for so many years, I just was frustrated because I didn't have a great way to stay top of mind. Okay, right. Except for like, you know, going to lunch with folks or whatever. And, just, and that's not scalable. Um, you know, that, that, that I, you know, I've really um, started learning about this concept of authority marketing. Right. 
you know, which is which is really what we're talking about here, right? You establish credibility in a particular area, niche, industry, whatever it is, right? For a certain thing, like being the killer pitch, pitch master, right? And, and and when you do that, several things happen. Um, one, you get to expand. I mean, listen to what Precious is doing, right? You know, speaking, training, consulting, books, merchandise, right? <laughs> and there's, there's more that you haven't heard about. Um, so, you know, it gives you different opportunities. But the other thing it does, and this is key for me, especially for me, because I'm just um, a lot of people in the speaker world, in a lot of these worlds, approach it like um, like a lot of musicians used to, for example, or artists, where it's a gig mentality. They're just hoping somebody picks them and is willing to cut them a check for something. Right. 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 That's right. Very different than creating authority, creating trust, creating a reputation when you heard Precious say people come, companies are coming to her, right? She's not chasing them. They're coming to her and saying, we want you for this. What you can can you do for us for that? And I have that in a very different way, in a different industry, whatever, right? Where, where you know, where people affirmatively reach out to me, right? Folks like Ramon Ray have that. And the reason why I want to say that is because, you know, like Precious said, you don't need to be some celebrity, right? What you need to do is provide value, establish credibility, become an authority, and become known in a niche or niches where where you can provide value to folks. And that's what Precious is doing. And it's a phenomenal business model. And there are all kinds of deals to be had. And they start coming to you. How I mean, yeah. like I was telling people, I always tell people, Corey, the more you ask now, the less you'll have to later, right? Mm. So if you're asking, you're, you're persisting, you are pushing forward. Let's take a break from the show for a minute so I can invite you to a new way to determine your deal readiness. I created a fast and easy assessment that will determine exactly how deal ready you are. Once you complete the assessment, I use your responses to identify the obstacles that are holding you back from being a deal-driven growth genius. It's as easy as heading to CoreyCupfer.com slash assessment. That's CoreyCupfer.com slash assessment and filling out a few multiple choice questions. I'll be checking in after the episode to see what your results are. Now back to the show. Let's let's face it. We, we're, we're in a pandemic and economic downturn and social unrest. The, the news will have you thinking everybody's poor, broke and lonely. It can't be done. I had the best year I've ever had in the history of my company last year, documented taxes done and everything. How was I able to do it? I just decided, just just like we talked about, I just decided that I'm not going to listen to what everybody else is listening to. If I went through the hard times alone, I want to bring people up with me and show them how it's done. Right. And so in my writing, in my I, I don't need people to stay with me for 15, 20, 50 years. I wanna give people the tools to go forward. And is everything everything I've gone through, you're gonna go through, probably not. But I do want you to know that there are deals to be made every day. There are opportunities that are right in front of you, you can't see because the news has gotten you to think that it can't happen. And again, I told you I'm black on both sides. There's nothing ambiguous. It would tell you that because of my skin color, because I'm not thin, because I came from the hood of St. Louis, that there's no way I could do it unless I was an athlete or an entertainer. Well, I'm showing you I'm doing it in business and I'm doing it my way as colorful as I want to be. That's not the that's not holding me back. And I wish that when I was an attorney that I had known that. And it's not a product of me just being in my forties. I think it's also a product of, there comes that moment as an entrepreneur or as a speaker, I've been doing this for 26 years, where 
either I'm going to stand in my power or I'm going to let everyone tell me how I should move. I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm not a transformational speaker and I'm not an inspirational speaker. I'm the killer pitch master. I'm here to what help you slay all competition. How do we do that? Through powerful pitch pitching. We're going to do the sales pitch, the investor pitch, the speaker pitch. We're going to do the elevator pitch. We're going to do the interview pitch and being able to do that. And then once you establish your yourself, whatever, you, it's not just a tagline, but how do you establish your brand? Then how do you go to the next level? Some people thought all I could do was teach on pitching. Well, now you see me at corporations. Corporations aren't hiring me for pitching. They're hiring me for content creation, messaging, marketing, and that sort of thing. And being able to expand, because I'm going to tell you what individuals used to do to me. Oh, you know, you, you're nobody. But I wasn't anybody until you saw me on LinkedIn. I wasn't nobody until you saw me in Microsoft. I wasn't anybody until you saw me in Google. Oh, she really is that. Because I kept believing when other people told me I couldn't. And what you said, Corey, about how you know, the gig, the you know, just the gig, just getting in here. That was me, too. Listen, it was. Look, I didn't know any better. But then I started to pay attention to, to, to you. I started paying attention to others. It was like leveraging these opportunities. And also who is really in your network to open doors? I'm not afraid to ask anymore. And the more I've asked, when I asked two years ago, maybe one year ago, I'm not asking anymore. Now it's like, precious. Um, yeah, remember when you called me like a year ago? Yeah, yeah, I got this opportunity. Thank you. Because I kept staying the course when others fell off. And, and I love that. And, you know, the, the part of it, the self-belief part and the ability to ignore the noise, right? Whether it's the news, whether it's people's judgment of you. Uh, and listen, uh, you know, all of us have experienced it in some way. Obviously, some of us have different backgrounds, whatever, have a different, a whole other layer on top of it all. Right. Um, but, you know, I think everybody has experienced it in some way, you know, the, sort of the self-doubt, the imposter syndrome or the judgment that other people have. And one of the things I always say to folks is, listen, when people judge you, it says a lot more about them than it does about you. Okay. I remember, and even well-meaning people, I'm not even talking about people who are looking to take me down. I remember when, when, when I um, decided, and I'm going back now 30 something years, right? When I decided to quit big law, right? You know, I had the plan, I came out of top law school. I got, you know, it was, it was 1985, it was a boom economy. I had, you know, I had 17 job offers. I could have had 35 if I wanted them, right? I'm, you know, I'm flying, right? I'm, I get, you know, prime choice of jobs and I could have stayed in that environment, but I knew it wasn't for me. I knew I wasn't meant to be in big law. I looked at the lives that the partners had, like what you strive to be. And I'm like, more I don't want that. Like, that's what, that's what, want. I don't want that, right? And I knew I didn't want to work for somebody for the rest of my life. So um, six years out of school, I opened my own firm, right? Now, by this time, by the way, it's 1991. It's a recession. People would get losing jobs. People, I can't even tell you how many people told me I was crazy, from my parents to my friends to whatever. And these are people who love me. They, you know, they weren't, you know, they weren't trying to, they cared about me. They were worried about me. They were like, wait a second. And, you know, in a recession and a down market, you're giving up a job that, you know, where you're about to make six figures in 1992, okay, to not win, know where your next dollar is coming from. You don't have a book of business. Right. But I but I ultimately believed in me and I knew what my path was. Right. Now, I made 17. I netted $17,000 my first year. Right. 38,000 my second year, 78 my third year. I don't honestly, I haven't forgotten those numbers. Right. By the fourth year, I was making more money than I would have been a big firm. And I never looked back. But the point is, the point is that folks. So um, we had a we built out an office on Wall Street at the time. Right. And we had a party and we had people come in. 
And when they came to that party, all of these people told me how they knew I'd be successful, how they knew I'd make, and they didn't remember how they told me not to do it, how they told me that it was a mistake, how they told me. And again, it's not because they're bad people. It's because they were looking at that choice through their own filters, through their own lenses. They couldn't see themselves make taking that risk, making that jump. So they told me not to do it. It wasn't right. because they were trying to hold me down anyway. It's just because they couldn't see. Now, when they walked into my nice Wall Street office with the view of the statue, corner office of the Statue of Liberty, and it was real to them, now they could see it. So now they knew I was always going to be successful. So my point is, you have the haters, right? Now, you know, I get... I get people online who say bad things about me, whatever my team box them, you know, whatever, who cares? Um, but 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 it's beyond the haters. You have people who care about you who are going to try to slow you down, whatever, not because they're evil or they're negative, but because they can't see it for themselves. Don't let that stop you. So I'm so glad you said that because I, I, I don't think it's the haters that really stop people. I think it's the well-meaning people around you, right? So as you know, I come from the inner city of St. Louis, Missouri, first high school, college, and law school grad in the family, all in rapid succession. And, you know, I was told to stay being an attorney, just like you, you know, it's stable. I, I, I'm glad I did not, because you know what started to happen, right? 2007, 2008, what? And so when I look back, it, I find it's more the well-meaning, and, and I will say this because God wants me to say this. When he gave me that vision and he gave me that purpose and I was able to see clearly, he told me that he needs no co-signers. Mm. He created me for a purpose. It's not for everyone else to say, yeah, precious, go with this, because most people won't, because you're 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 actually scaring people by doing something and they don't want you to get hurt. But also when you do do it, then the light, then they think the light is on them and it's not. It's like, listen, I'm going to keep going. I'm not, I'm not looking it down at anybody. This was the path that I was placed on and I decided to keep going no matter what. Yes. I don't look down on anybody, but I just chose to, to, I just chose to live in my vision and not the reality of poverty, not the reality of the project, not the reality of just, you know, baby daddies. I also chose to be in different networks for a reason. Because if I was going to be around people and we're doing the same thing we did last year, I'm in the wrong network. I'm in the wrong network. I need to be where people are striving and I need to look up to someone. If everyone's looking up to me, I'm in the wrong network. I want to be able to be like, oh, I, I would love to know what that feels like. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep my mouth shut while I'm sitting here listening and learning. And when the time comes, I'm going to ask to see if I can get there. But I'm going to do all my due diligence. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to show that I'm, I'm about that life. I'm a, and, and here's another thing that I think people forget to court. I have a VIP group. It's not a membership, nothing like that. The people who are on your mailing list, those are great, wonderful people. They're gonna, some people ride or die with you. But my VIPs learn information that people on my mailing list never learn. Yeah. They'll learn when a major um, cable network wants to do a docu-series on me. They'll learn when certain things are happening because it shows them because of the stature that they're at, that I never stopped and I never quit. And they're like, how can I help? What do you need? Da, 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 da. And it's like, wow, when I shot the MasterCard commercial, I Corey, did you see my MasterCard commercial? I did. I did. I, 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 I saw that. That's what I'm saying. I mean, so, listen, I, you know, you know, I love you from the first day we met and whatever, and I'm a big fan. But I've been seeing, like, yeah, I mean, you just said something about a major now. You said MasterCard. I saw that. I'm like, she's doing a MasterCard commercial. MasterCard was wonderful. In fact, I'm in Luminary. This is where my office is. But 
being here at the Luminary, I remember when MasterCard called, they said, hey, can we do video at your home and at the office? And I contacted Kate Luzio, who is the CEO of Luminary. I was like, Kate, can, can we film it? I don't think she's going to tell me. No, she's like, oh, we just became a partner with them recently. Yeah, cut some come through her. Here, send the information. I'm like, and when they came, they said, what we see why you brought us here. I was like, mm -hmm. this is how we doing it in Nomad, North of Madison. We we in the mid, we Midtown, that's what we do. And, and when, and, and just filming. And I think the most wonderful thing that came from just MasterCard, yes, it's a great brand. Yes, to be associated with that brand is great. But how did it happen? The mayor's office, New York City Small Business Services. That's why they're a part of my VIP. Because as I move up, that's how I became a, a member of a mentor with We NYC, Women Entrepreneurs NYC. And then this year they did the inaugural Black Entrepreneurs NYC. So I'm a mentor to the next generation of women entrepreneurs in New York City and Black entrepreneurs in New York City. Um, just last week we met with Shopify and we met with another company. And I'm thinking, my goodness, we actually... Tiffany, Tiffany and I, who she's a PR consultant and I were both BE NYC mentors. We literally went out, I think we were in Brownsville and we did, we were actually on the street trying to show what SBS small business services, NYC SBS does for the entrepreneurs in the community. And I said, oh my God, if I wasn't successful, I never would be here. If the right people didn't know what I was doing, I wouldn't be here. There would be no MasterCard. LinkedIn did a full day of, of videotaping, a full day. Do you know how I sat there like, A day in the life. That's why the VIPs need to know, because when things need to move, hey, you know what? This is about to happen. What do you need? I may need this and they'll, they'll make it happen because I'm on that upward trajectory. And there's yes. no doubt that I'm going to keep going. And that's why I say pitching for profit. Who's in your network? If you don't have the right people in your network now, what do you need to do that? What warm introductions need to be made? These are all part of the deal making process. Am I right, Corey? This is part of the deal making process. It's the wrong people. <laughs> Nobody's making a deal with you or they'll make a deal and realize that they made a mistake. So when I lost everything, I and I thought I lost all good things. No, I lost all the bad things that shouldn't have been around me in the first place. So now I associate with the right kind of people. If I sense deception and craziness, I get away quickly because I don't my, my VIPs are not going to want to work with that. I already know there are people that I can't be friends with on social media. What you put on your social media, I cannot have my people looking at because the, I don't want them to associate that with me and being very cautious. It's not about like, oh, the, you know, people are talking about the, the drinking from left. That, that's not what's on my, that would never be on my thing. But I'm telling you, people pay attention to who else is in your network. If you have the wrong people or shysty people, they're not going to be with you because they already know what it's, it's going to lead to. No, no question. And, and listen, you know, it's, I mean, you know, you, you hear about it in sport. Like, you know, when you're playing a sport, if, if you if you are playing people better than you, you get better. Right. If you're playing people. Worse than you, you know, and listen, I'm not both you and I. I know we do this. It's a different conversation to say, hey, we're going to choose in certain ways, in certain situations to give back, to mentor, to right, right, work with people who, 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 who we can help. Right. But in terms of our advancement, you know, and one of the things I guess I'm, I'm going to ask you about this because it's been my experience. Um, you know, I end up in leadership in a lot of things. And, and what people don't realize is you can really hide out in leadership, right? Because when you have a lot of people who are looking up to you, who want to achieve what you have achieved, they're not going to call you out, right? Because they're just hoping to get to where you are. So, exactly. so, so unless you are, are with people who have accomplished things that you want to accomplish that you have not yet accomplished, who, by the way, will not hesitate to call you out in, 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 a, in a good way, usually, right? Call you forth. Um, 
you know, and I can remember, I mean, I, I'm not going to go through it now, but like I have, there are people and moments in my life when people call me forth where they saw me bigger than I could see myself in that time. And those are the people who've really made a difference in my life. And if you don't, you, you know, you're absolutely right in terms of growing personally, in terms of getting deals done and growing your business. If you don't find a way to associate with folks who have achieved more than you have. And by the way, you know, one of the biggest ways is because these people get hit up all the time. Ask yourself what value you can provide that person. Exactly. I don't care how successful they are. There's some area where, right, you know, precious to kill a pitch master. Maybe this person is uber successful, but there's something that, you know, they can use help on in terms of the pitch. I remember seeing, I wish I can credit the speaker, but I don't remember his name. He talked about the fact that he was really good at, at, at copywriting, you know, in books, right? Helping people with books. And there was a major, major, major player who was writing his first book, right? And he went and said, I'll help you with the book. No charge, right? Ended up, the guy ended up bringing him to Hawaii. He spent three months at the guy's estate in Hawaii helping him with the book for no pay, right? Of course, he was put up there or whatever. Well, I mean, you want to know how he leveraged that in the positive, you know, way, right? So, you know, what can you do for these folks that will have them not, what can they do for you? Because everybody's coming at them. Right. What value can, can you provide for them so that th then they will look out for you? Right. Right. So, Precious, we are we are coming to the end of our time here. I always feel like I can talk to you for hours and I can. Um, but uh, I know you you have this event coming up, um, which you mentioned. Why don't you give the date and time and little details on that again and anything else you have coming up? And by the way, folks. Just, just look up Precious on social media because no matter what she tells you she has coming up, she's going to have 10 other things coming up you know, tomorrow. So, so t t tell, tell the folks what you want them to know about now, um, but then definitely follow her because she's got a lot going on. Okay, so I'm having a pitch, please. The Ultimate Women's Power Pitch Summit is through September 27th through the 29th, 2021. And it's going to be three to four hours a day, not eight hours. You're not stressed out, but it's, it's three days, three to four hours a day. And on the third day, okay, so the first day, you know, it's all about learning how to pitch. The second day is all about the speakers and everything. The third day, if you're selected, you're going to pitch live to investors companies and corporations if you want to be right. a trainer in media see i do things very very differently yes i am a pitch master i'm a 13-time national champion but i didn't get here just by that alone it's by the network that i had it's that people saw me in certain places and because they did they opened the door my job is to do this for select individuals who have proven themselves and are right for that opportunity. So in addition to offering $20,000 in prize investment prize money, there's also an opportunity to pitch to those big companies and corporations and media. And so, you know, we have three, we have a three tiered option, 247, uh, 297, I think, 597 and 997 if you want to pitch live. Okay. So pitch please ultimate women's power pitch summit is virtual. <laughs> So you ain't got to I was going to ask whether it's virtual or live. Okay, next virtual. year we're going to be next year we're going to be live. We're going to be live. We're going to be physical. But this year right. we're going to do it virtually. So three to four hours a day for three days. So it's going to be powerful. Is there a special URL or so where do they go to the find out? Yes, I'm going to put, put it here. Pitch please. Okay, and I'm going to put the URL right here. I think in our private chat. Okay, so here's where they can get more information. And again, if you want to learn more about me, I am Precious L. Williams. I'm the killer pitch master. My website is www.perfectpitchesbyprecious.com. Uh, on LinkedIn, I am Precious L. Williams, killer pitch master. Got to stay on brand. On Twitter, I am at Perfect Pitch P. On Facebook, I am at Perfect 
Pitch P. And on Instagram, I'm at Perfect Pitches P. If you want to check me out on YouTube, I'm under Perfect Pitches by Precious. And if you want to check out my show on LinkedIn every Sunday, it's called Keeping It Real with the Killer pitch master every every live every sunday and again if you want to get my books you can go to my website www.perfectpitchesbyprecious.com and you'll see this right on the front page you're not even gonna get past this on the front page if you want my other two books bad bitches and power pitches for women entrepreneurs and speakers only you can get that on my work with me page which shows you the variety of programs that i offer i do one-on-one group training i also have digital products that you can learn at your own pace and if you want to book me for speaking engagements you can also go to my new website www.killerpitchmaster.com thank you love it love it love it so listen check her out uh we're going to put uh, a number of those links in the show notes for those of you who are listening you know audio whatever or later um they will all be there or you know what just google precious williams Kill that's all you gotta do and you know that's what, what you gotta do. trust me you'll find you know she's, she's gonna show up all over the place um I'm going to ask you a different final question, uh, Precious. With everything that you've accomplished um, so far, what is what is on that bucket list that you know uh, you haven't done yet, but is in your future? Being the number one rated talk show host in the nation. All right, all right. Indicated and everything, so get ready, y'all. It's coming. All right. There we go. Great way to close. Uh, and we will hold that intention for you, Precious, um, in, in our in our hearts and our minds and whatever. <laughs> I, I want to see that show. Um, Precious Williams, thank you so much for being an amazing returning guest on the DealQuest podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Corey. Thank you for joining me on this episode of DealQuest, where we help you understand how deal-driven growth can be your ticket to freedom. I want to invite you to a unique way to tap into the wisdom and experience of the DealQuest community. Join the DealQuest Deal Den Zoom calls, a free monthly 90-minute mastermind. In the mastermind, we address all the challenges you may be facing and help support you with the opportunities that may arise in terms of deal-driven growth. You will get input not only from me, but all the members on the call will collaborate and serve each other in a mastermind format. To sign up for the free mastermind, Go to www.coreycupfer.com slash dealden. That's coreycupfer.com slash dealden. I'll see you there. I'm Corey Kupfer. Until next week, wishing you the freedom and financial prosperity that I know your deal quest will bring.